The following pendant Hello, everybody, and welcome to the commentary subject. for The Kingery, Listener discretion Season 8, Episode 3, Intolerance. I'm the director, Dave Morgan. With me today is the writer of the episode, Perry Whittle. Hello. And we welcome our new assistant director, uh, longtime director with Pendant, but he's back now, uh, Bruce Busby. Hello. And uh, we just jump right in here. Um, we're on the uh, thoroughfare out of the Kingery. We've got our, our new favorite couple, Kalok and Major. They're just going about their day, you know, taking the inventory of what's happening um, around town. And uh, what we did on this episode is Bruce and I pretty much split it. Um, Bruce took all the scenes coming up with involving the clones, mainly because I don't like directing myself if I don't have to, as well as a scene later involving socks. And I took all the rest of the scenes. You got that right. Um, and being lazy, I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, and we uh, welcome in the haters here, as they're called in the script. We have Richard Casto as Hater 1. He's the lead hater. You'll hear the most. Kyle Garrett as number 2. Rachel Rimke as number 3. And Jeffrey Bridges as number 4. Um, yes, and they're doing very nice work. Yeah, and Kyle and Rachel, this is their first time at the Kingery. So uh, welcome to both of them. And of course, Richard and uh, Jeffrey, of course, have done many little voices for us over the years. Um, yeah, welcome, racist. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Saying about people paying more. I, I wanted to say that uh, there's a little continuity spackle in this scene, mm -hmm. uh, apparently. Oh, and Jeffrey mentioned, I believe, in the commentary to episode one this season, that he's written a uh, Kingery uh, Bible. Yes. And we've apparently given several names to the restaurant over the years mm -hmm. so i sort of tried to weave that into major and kaylock's efficiency review that they're doing um and talking about you know the sign says this but everybody calls it that so uh, anyway at least one of the other writers appreciated that <laughs> detail and i thought it wouldn't get in the way for anybody who hasn't noticed no that. no it's one of those things that yeah it's a nice thing to know but you know at the same time i don't know if anybody's really noticed it too much like we named the bar last season uh we've been doing a lot of continuity spackle over this season and last season under my conscious control this was a fun uh, little sound effect <laughs> to put together the sound of a. Uh, Kalok's penis, as that, I wrote, as I have it saved in my computer. So awesome. I never thought I would actually make a file <laughs> named Kalok's penis. There we go. <laughs> you know, as yes, far as and I, am, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't quite that explicit uh, in my, um, okay. in the script. Um, I said slime noise as no, Kalok grows an appendage. <laughs> right, but it is what it is. Well, I guess maybe it's not a penis. He's a, he's an alien. It could be a pod or whatever, but. No, I, I just think of banana slug. Yes. Let us continue our efficiency review elsewhere. Nature has various organs that are all frightening in their own ways. And I, I love uh, M. Sierra Garcia's uh, ad lib as major there about uh, I did just get a manicure. But that's Lovely. so perfect uh, character for major. Yes. And of course we have uh, Jack Cock as uh, Kalok as well here. Now, this scene coming up, this is one that Bruce did as we enter uh, Clone Headquarters, the Clone Storage I'm Unit. i you in charge of the evening's activities. Holy shit, Ma, are you uh, serious? Of course. And, and... You're my son, darling, <laughs> yeah, so that's... I know what I uh, Okay, I know you don't like to direct yourself, you but down, you Ma. were... You I did this very, very nicely for me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right. And, and I think, you know, you've got Perry's thing about the, you know, they're going to like it whether they like it or not. Or it's, like, you know, Why don't you tell them the it's just so, so wacky. Yeah. Just, sure thing. And these guys really are, and, and you'll see how this ties in later, kind of like the Three Stooges. Yeah. It, it gets more explicit later on in the episode, too. And I thank you for leaving that in. All that right, that one little touch. That, yes. On your face. You'll, I'll point it out when it gets there. We need to try a different strategy. Bullshit. We've got of course, in addition to me, that's uh, Chris, Chris Bays as Cassandra and Colin Kelly as Damon. You know how to run a business. This yes. And different. Cassandra talks about We've family a lot, but I think she's always out for herself. She wants to make sure that she gets everything she thinks she's entitled to. So I, I sort of wanted to explicitly address that here. Right. Talk about what her idea of family is. And I'm pretty sure that the phrase feeble-minded was influenced both by Kristen's southern accent as Cassandra and by my memory of the last picture show where Sybil <laughs> Shepard picks up a phone that and says, what's on your feeble mind, Dwayne? <laughs> well, so that that like line has stuck with me Don't for many, many, many years. <laughs> yeah, I've always been amused by the fact that Cass has a very southern accent while Tommy's is much Don't more up north, northeast. But, you know, it's the, it's the universe that could be anywhere. That's right. Or we can apply some continuity spackle next step, next season. Keep your slimy hands Assuming she survives. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't either. I don't. I'm just pulling stuff out of my butt right now. I thought she died last season. And of course, we, we've uh, entered shenanigans now. The uh, the crowd has followed Major and Kalok in, and they're causing more trouble now. Uh, of course, uh, Brian Reed is Zeth. Who is currently running shenanigans? Don't you know your family now, Kayla. I can fix that for you. I find that meeting. And I think that, that's a, a very important line there because Kaylock was, you know, Cassandra's toady for so many seasons. Now he's come over to the, to the light side or the lighter side, I guess. And so he's family now. Yes, I like that. The lighter side of evil. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is the lesser evil. This is our responsibility. You don't get. And I kind of like Zeph's explanation or excuse here that's coming up. We're not going to fight. Um, I kind of like that. Shut him up. It's a good establishing artifice. We're just going to shut them up. That's all. It. It's really funny it's because uh, Richard does a very similar accent as Hater 1 as Russell shit. Gold did in Episode 1 for a uh, character with similar really feelings towards Kalok. But when Richard recorded this, that episode hadn't recorded yet. So it was a very happy accent that they have very similar vocal sounds here. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lovely description of Major. No, fuck you, desk. Jockey, we're here for and the fun begins. Oh, yes. Great work. Uh, voice work by the actors oh, yeah. and uh, mixing by the directors. Lots of uh, lovely mayhem going on. Just things breaking left and right as the metal pounds up here. Yes. 
And now we uh, head off to an alley on whatever hellacious planet uh, Cass and the clones are on. And uh, that's my wife playing the drunk pedestrian here. Yes, your 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 uh, directing of her as she recorded was most amusing. I'm sure that, it was. You got to hear the raw audio. <laughs> What's me, my credit plan? Uh, uh, name Jennifer Norwood. If you didn't hear the credits earlier, but um, yeah, she's um, she doesn't do much with Kingery, but I do tend to pull her in when I have a little part like this. I think she was in your last one of the episodes you wrote last year too. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I thought it's a great walk on and stagger off performance. Good deal. So, yes. Wait a minute. Mom put me in charge, dumbass. I should collect the money. <laughs> uh, and here we Fuck begin uh, our Moe, Larry, and Curly routine. Fucking asshole. You're both assholes. I'm the one who got her to cough up. Well, and I think we have to. Um, I think this is uh, Mark Zarekor and yes. as Fix and Mike Winters as Richards, yes. their first uh, lines in their episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fun doing fight Walla for Jawbone because it tends to be ridiculous, especially in these situations. <laughs> As Bruce found out. And now we are after the fight. Jesus um, fuck, Zeph. Got things falling. What uh, people here? passed out like or said, moaning in pain. That was unnecessary, <laughs> but most impressive. I like the mixing when Zeph drags Hater number one outside. Yeah. Did you do yeah. anything special there? I, I, I didn't really. I just, uh, there's about three different sounds in there. We, you know, with the sound of picking up and then a, a dragging sound. And I don't know if you can hear it behind this. Major does pick up a second Hater yeah. and then drops him a moment later. I don't know if it quite made it into the mix because there was already a lot going on, but... When she starts explaining what's going on. I, I could hear it, and I also liked um, the effort noise that Zeph gave, that Brian Reed as Zeph gave when he, uh, when he drags the guy outside. Drag him out by the curb, and old control will pick him up. Like a fucking machine. He was unbelievable. That's my boy. It's nice hearing Socks laugh. Yeah, we haven't really had her do that story, a lot in a while, so giving her that little moment of joy was nice. Where the hell did he learn to fight yeah. like that? He was a soldier, Major. Uh, While the uh, yeah, other maybe, haters are just in exquisite pain, His moves? <laughs> blending in with the shenanigans moans that are always there sense. anyways. Agreed. He was effective and efficient. Yep. To foreshadow something, I guess they were all aching for aching. Yes, one way or another. <laughs> That's a lovely turn of phrase, isn't it? Another, another nice uh, ad lib from uh, Renee there. But, I mean, the skills, not the shit spin. <laughs> like that one too. That's an actual line too. And now, uh, Molary and Curly are. I am being careful. Hold it straight. I'd say Shep, but that's giving them a little too much credit. You really good mixing on the steps there. Yeah. I like that, making it sound all Stop. crowded in there. Each, each set of steps is their own rate, and, right. and the, the watch thing. I, I gotta look at my watch. <laughs> Really? 
Right. Well, because because he said it's your it's time yeah, for you to take your turn. So so you know if they're going to argue about it, you have to stop and look at my watch and figure it out one way or the other. Logic. Get a move on you shits. Fuck you. Hold it straight. This is all your fault. It's your fault, dumb shit. I did add in just a little bolts, bit of water spreading away water. as the uh, the alcohol flows and a massive party felt. <laughs> there it was. Throwing the yeah. There it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when I sent in the when I did the wall originally I I didn't know I was gonna have an assistant director at the time and I've been binging on three stooges lately, so I it was a very majorly stoogy Walla and Bruce they made it work at least. Well, you, you had like at least three Inez in there, and I figured, okay, just that one touch is all it needs to yeah. give these three guys as just sort of stooge-like, and they are stooge. -like. Yes, they are. Grown and bred for the process. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Yeah, that was See, lovely. Tommy's just lovely. All the, um, the way you mixed all the fighting so what's Tommy doing? Um, sound effects. Well, he calls it expanding into other sectors. And I, I love M's imitation of Tommy's voice. I know. I, 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 heard, I heard that ad lib. I was like, oh, I've got to throw that one in. <laughs> yes. And that's the closest we come to hearing oh. Pete Milan yes. uh, play Tommy Arkell in this episode. Yeah. And I figured I owed Pete a little break because I wrote an earlier episode where Tommy or Tom 2.0 were in every scene. Right. And that was a very heavy workload for Pete. Yeah, that was an interesting thing with this episode that we had several, I'd say, fairly major characters who weren't involved at all. You Pete yourself wasn't in there. Uh, Tithia, not involved. But that was kind of nice. It gave us a chance to focus on... Major and well, Zeph and Kalok and some of the, the small, not smaller characters, Tell but you know what I mean. Some of the more supporting characters. This this Sorry, is voice. Is, I was just gonna say that the, the, the making it sound like he's talking through some very very puffed up yes. orange tissues. Yes. I, I, forgot, I forgot to ask you if he put something in his mouth or something because it sounds like there's a cotton ball in there or something. I mean, that was the hardest thing for me, just finding takes where it actually was understandable. Because there were sometimes it was too broken, and it's like, he's, he's mumbling. I can't understand it. Yes. But, and, uh, you know, he's supposed to be having a, playing as if he's got a broken jaw. And I, anyway, I thought both Richard and uh, Alicia were fantastic in this scene. <laughs> and we God forbid. No. And you hear a little squeaking in the background here. It's because there's, it's a, it's a very talky scene. So there's not a ton of action. These people also, I kind of use the squeaking of the hater's chair to kind of. Maybe add a little bit of the emotion as he leans forward, leans back, sh shuffles a little in his seat. Yeah, I like that very much. I thought that was a very nice touch. And so we don't quite know why Maddie is explaining all this yet, but uh, we'll find out why and how she feels about it in a couple of scenes. Right. And there, uh, there, when she hit the table, you heard a little cup kind of rattling for a second. That was... 
earlier in the scene I had him drinking out of that cup, so I was like, okay, we'll just just give it a little more something in there. <laughs> Show how right hard she hits. Right out of the prisoner that's intro. That's mm-hmm. enough of that. Wanted you to understand my legal obligations before you filed any charges. Did we give Alicia her uh, credit no. yet? Um, we, we set her to Alicia. Alicia Lane Pickens here. Or, did I ever get that right? Yeah. I, I don't know why I always blank on her last name. Because I never worked with her under her old last name. But for some reason it still sticks. I'm never fucking coming back. You're making the right decision, sir. <laughs> Hate us cops, you really wouldn't like our criminals. Good job, citizen. <laughs> well done. I like the sound effects here. Music for classy S&M. This used to be so, so easy. Hopefully this is classy what enough. What is wrong with me, Asa? <laughs> Nothing wrong with your yes, socks, absolutely. honey. Uh, of course, that's uh, Edward Herman as Asa and Miranda Govin as Vesper. Aiken for Aiken. We haven't had Miranda on in a while, so it's yes, always good to have her back. People are dependent on me, and I can't. Shit, girl, you missed it entirely. I was saying, another Bruce let me too. and Vesper know if there's anything we can do to help. And we don't care about the workload as much as we care about you. I gave uh, Renee a really big challenge in this scene. She's true? got to waver between the voices of her of two of her characters, right. and then drop fully and strongly into the second oh. character. Right. And, um, I think that's difficult fucker. because usually when you pleasure, when you create a character, you concentrate all the time on staying in that Maybe character. You know, you, uh, it's so easy to um, to waver out of it. Right. So I I just thought she did a fantastic job on uh, something that's really not Welcome all that easy to do. To she makes it sound easy. Yes. Renee's gotten good at that, doing multiple voices at once. The last season she had to do Asa and Sock simultaneously. Yeah, that was fun. You've been. Well, that sounds close, Socks. Asa, <laughs> that, that zipping thing, just, there's something about that that just sounds so wet. Yes. <laughs> right on both counts. Sorry, Mistress. When I strike you, and the mistress voice still amazes me because I go back to that episode and I had no idea when the mistress first came on that it was socks. And that's just testament to her abilities there because yeah. And don't even think about forgetting. Yeah, I agree. Really, really good. That's it. Also, her pacing as the mistress mistress is very important to making that control thing sound good. It affected me as well. Absolutely. Only Good point. <laughs> Superb. Asa, you may leave. Vesper, get my client. And thank you both for helping me prepare. Yeah, somebody's going to get it. <laughs> um, Try a little, little more high-tech phone this time for the police station. They're calling Major. Mm-hmm. I like how it turned out. Try to make it sound a little more like a, almost like a hologram sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that true? Of course it's fucking true. I'm not gonna lie for you. Huh. Well, fuck me. So part of the, <laughs> part of the thing here was that Maddie's in a tough position because she's got to be a cop, and yet also sort of part of Tommy's gang. Right. And her character is such that she can't, she can't really be a bad cop or a crooked cop. 
Um, so it, uh, she's having a little difficulty, um, and she's you know trying to trying to figure out where the lines are that she you know that she can go up to. Like uh, she says, I'm not going to lie for you. Yeah, it's a very delicate balancing act she's having to 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 work here, but. You know, it's it's totally not going to blow up in her face at all. Yeah, as opposed to my bad cop character. Yeah, well. (laughs) Yeah, whatever happened to him? Hmm. I should give her the loot. Oh, but uh, here we go again. (laughs) Mom put me in charge. Give me your credits. At least nobody got called a breadstick. No, but turnip head works. I'm I'm going to start using that more. Fuck you! <laughs> that was perfect. Easy, That's exactly how I, I when I first read the script, imagined that, that going perfectly. In. Okay, ma. I love it All when right, the script yeah. actually makes that much sense to me. I can just make it right. sound right. Whatever. <laughs> God damn it! Only two. Yeah, I just. I, what is it, guys? I. It feels like I'm. I always feel like I'm the person who's always trying to get actors to say the same words together. It's a writer's trademark. But yeah. we did get some jewelry. I know that other people do it, but I feel like I do it it's more. It's still a so. shitty haul, even by shitty standards. Anyway, I like that one. Yeah, exceptionally good. And I'm, I'm maybe just picturing the jewelry's all like turquoise and crap jewelry <laughs> like that. Yeah, you weren't there. Something you find <laughs> on the home shopping network. Right. Just looking to get sued. You open up your grandmother's jewelry case, expecting gold. It's that. I can go with them. Help with decision making. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting here. Are, are we seeing a slight turn in Damon a little bit? Another layer of management. Even though they don't necessarily want him. I'm still in charge, right? Well, I'll think about it. I can't say anything. No. All the evidence. We need a new plan. Dun, dun, dun. A new plan. And with just... that... Hmm? Go ahead. It just sounded so Huey Lewis, you know. We need a new drug. We need a new pain. <laughs> and like I said, with that, we come to okay. the end of another episode Season of the Dulcet Tones of uh, Brian three. Reed. Intolerance. Uh, bring us into the credits. Um, we didn't discuss the, the uh, title, but I figure that's pretty self-explanatory on this one. Unless you have more to it you want to add other than just the obvious with the haters. Yeah, um... Right, it seemed um, mostly it was about uh, Kalak and the situations that he finds himself in, but uh, there were some other intolerant attitudes throughout, and um, it's also the title of a film by D.W. Griffith, um, which was a response to criticism he received for his very highly racist film, Birth of a Nation. Oh, yes. It's a classic, but classics can sometimes be really flawed in some ways. We look back at a hundred years later. Yes. Written by Perry Whittle. And I love so, the sonic surgery that goes into this uh, this credit list here. <laughs> yeah, because Bruce was added it, it kind of halfway through the production process on episode three, so we had to kind of get a retake and plug him into the uh, credits later. Well, I want to say thanks, Dave, thanks, Bruce, and uh, thank you to everybody who contributed to making this thing come come alive. And And, um, I must say it's fun to be back in the saddle again. It's good to have you back. And uh, 
you want to tell us what you think, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at Pendant Web, or on Facebook, uh, or on Tumblr. Uh, there's the Pendant Audio Group on uh, Yahoo Groups. We still use it, believe it or not. Um, you can contact me through the Pendant website, PendantAudio.com, or on Twitter, at Flaming Toilet, or I'm on Facebook. Uh, Perry, I know you're you're not really a social media guy. Um, so that is I, correct. So just get in touch with you through the uh, website. Yep. All right, and Bruce. However, I'm pretty much uh, like like Perry. I you know that's that's fair. <laughs> I, I got too too many legal holes on everything I do. I, just, I hate making copies of stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, we will. That's it for this episode. We will see you in 30 days ish with episode four and uh bruce will be back and we'll have renee christine jones joining us as the writer for that episode until then bye bye now